Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we're continuing our devotional study series in the book of Psalms. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Odium and Church Crookham. And we'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning, folks. Hope you're well today. Um, We're going to take a look at Psalm 8 this morning. So let's read Psalm 8. This is for the director of music according to Gittith, a Psalm of David. So this is the tune of Gittith. I hope anybody, someone knows the tune of Gittith. Uh, And this is how uh, the Psalm goes. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens from the lips of children and infants. You have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It's a wonderful psalm, a beautiful poem, and it begins and ends with the same phrase. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. That's what's called an inclusio. Uh, It begins and ends with that same point, starting and ending by declaring that God is glorious and majestic. And really, we need to understand that that is the main theme of this psalm notwithstanding the fact that he is going to go on to speak a lot about us as humans and who we are, but actually he begins and he ends with who God is. And that's a very important point because this psalm is really not just about man, but it is ultimately about God and his glory, which is reflected in man and man reveals his glory But therefore, it is about his glory. I've been listening to a new album by Chris Tomlin, uh, in which he has a song which uh, talks about us being like the moon. And the idea behind the song is this, that the moon has no light within itself. To the extent that it shines, it shines because the sun gives it light. And in the same way, Chris Tomlin wants to say that we... No, have no light within ourselves, but we reflect the glory of God to the extent that we shine. It is because we are radiating the, the or reflecting the radiated glory of God. And so, as Joshua explained to us last night in our in our studies, you have to begin with God. All our understanding of everything else, especially of the doctrine of man, has to start with our understanding of God and his the doctrine of God, proper theology, who God is. And so in this psalm, it begins, O Lord, 
our Lord's. Now, if you've got some versions of the Bible, you'll see that the first use of Lord there is a capital L-O-R-D, and that is denoting Yahweh, the one who is, I am, the I am. But then there's another Lord here, and that word is Adonai. So literally it's saying, oh, Yahweh, our Adonai. And Adonai was a word that described God as master, God as governor, God as ruler. Uh, David called Saul his master. Sarah calls um, uh, Sarah calls Abraham uh, her her master, and it's the same root word. And so it's here getting more personal. This great God, this great I am Yahweh, is my Adonai, my Lord, who I submit to personally. But he's not just the Lord of Israel and of the people of God. We read that his his dominion extends to the whole earth. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. But his dominion doesn't just extend to the earth, but beyond the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. There is no limits to the glory and the greatness and the majesty of God. How resplendent you are. It comes as some surprise, therefore, that as we read in verse two, this great God has enemies. It tells us in verse two, because of your enemies, your foes, the avenger. It's shocking to think that this great God who is worthy of our allegiance and our praise has those who are opposed to him, who are his foes and his enemies. And there are those who are opposed to God, ultimately Satan. Now, how does God silence his foes? How does God deal with these enemies? And the answer is incredibly surprising. He does it through weak humans. In verse two, it says that you have ordained praise through the lips of children and infants to silence the foes. God deals with his foes through weak human beings, through little children, through through people who are weak and fragile and dependent and pathetic, really. But through their words, through their praise, he silences the foes. By the way, that tells us something that when we praise God, when we declare the praises of God, we are silencing his foes. We are, it's a big thing for you to be worshipping God, because in doing so, you are silencing his foes. Jesus, of course, quotes this in Matthew 21 uh, around Palm Sunday, when the children are praising and shouting Hosanna. And the Pharisees say, Jesus, tell these children to stop shouting Hosanna. And Jesus says uh, that, haven't you read that from the lips of children and infants, I have ordained praise. And of course, Jesus there in Matthew 21 is quoting from Psalm 8. And in doing so, he is saying that he is God, because since Psalm 8 is a a psalm of praise to God uh, and the children are declaring Hosanna to Jesus, therefore, Jesus is understanding himself and declaring himself to be God. And his enemies, of course, here in that context are the Pharisees who are the foes who are being silenced by the children who are declaring Hosanna. But ultimately, God's greatest enemy is is Satan. And 
Uh, you can just imagine Satan kind of saying to God as he looks at God's creation, God, you know, this is not very impressive. Human beings, is that the best you can do? Is that the pinnacle of your creation? These pathetic, miserable creatures that creep around the earth, finding themselves a tomb to, to finish their lives in, is that the best you can do? And that's the very question that the psalmist actually asks as well. He says, what is man? When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, yet just God taking a sun and a star with his fingers and placing them. When I consider the stars and the moon and everything you set in place, when I consider your grandeur, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you care for him or that you visit him? And it's worth just pointing out that this is this God, this God who is great and awesome, and yet he is mindful of us. He is mindful of you. He remembers you. And when he remembers, he acts in the direction that he remembers. He cares for us. He visits us. Imagine if you were visited by the queen. You think, wow, how amazing. I was visited by the queen. She tended to my needs. And God cares for us. God visits us. He condescends to be with us. And so uh, the psalmist asked this question, what is man? You are mindful of him, the son of man that denotes weakness, the son of Adam, that you care for him. And he gives the answer fourfold. God has, first of all, um, he has, uh, uh, first of all, he has, he has made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. He has crowned him with glory and honor. Man has been crowned with glory and honor. He has been made a little lower than the heavenly angels. Secondly, he has been made ruler. You made him ruler over the work of your hands. Thirdly, and fourthly, you put everything under his feet. God has elevated man to this incredible position as his vice regents on earth to be stewards of this earth. As you go out to work today, as you stay at home to work today, you are acting as a steward, as a vice regent over God's creation to take care of, to be creative, to be to multiply, to look after, to um, steward the resources that God has given us on this earth. He has put everything under our feet. He's made us ruler. You are called today to rule over your world and over your situation and over your environment. And so God has elevated humans to this incredible position, a little lower than the heavenly beings, as it puts it here. And uh, that word heavenly beings could be God, a little lower than God. Uh, the word is Elohim, but it's actually used in Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2 quotes this passage and says, uh, quotes it in that version of a little lower than the heavenly beings. But the point is this. That human beings, there's, there's gods, uh, and, 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 and then there's man, and then there are the beasts, the animals. And we have been placed above the beasts and everything else in creation, but just below the heavenly beings for a little time, although ultimately we will be over the angelic beings, but for now we are a little lower than them, and we are under God, but over creation. 
and it's, it's worth commenting. Someone has commented this, that it's deliberately sort of saying to us that we are to look up to gods, not down to the beasts, not down to the animals. That when we look up, we're a little lower than the heavenly beings. We need to look up to heaven and so be like God, who we've been made in his image, rather than looking down to the beasts and becoming like them, which is what so many humans do. They look to the animals, they look to creation, they look to idols, and they become like them. But we're to look to Adonai, not to the animals. And so there's this elevated position for man that he has been made ruler over everything, crowned with glory. Clearly, this is a strong allusion to Genesis chapter one, where Adam is described as being made in the image of God. We're image bearers of God. We have incredible value as human beings uh, that, uh, that, that we carry his glory, that he is the glorious one, we read, that he is glorious, and yet he has crowned us with glory and honour. What an incredible privilege that humans have. And it has implications, of course. John Piper, commenting on this very psalm, says the following about this. I hope you would agree from this psalm that this truth follows. You cannot worship and glorify the majesty of God while treating his supreme creation with contempt. Whatever colour or whatever age that creation might be, you cannot starve the aged human and glorify the majesty of God. You cannot dismember the unborn human and glorify the majesty of God. You cannot gas the Jewish human and glorify the majesty of God. You cannot lynch the black human and glorify the majesty of God. You cannot treat human pregnancy like a disease and glorify the majesty of God. You cannot worship and glorify the majesty of God while treating his supreme creation with contempt. Now, that's a powerful message. We need to treat all people with ultimate respect. And today, as we go into this world, let's do that. Let's be image bearers of God who also honour those who God has made in his image. But of course, what we do know is this, as I finish, it says, you made him ruler over the works of your hands. And in Hebrews 2 and in 1 Corinthians 15, these verses are quoted. And in Hebrews 2, the writer there says something very striking, which is this, that for the time being, it doesn't look like God, that humans are in control of their environment. And uh, so it says, actually, at the moment, we're not exactly in control of everything. And we only look at coronavirus right now and we say that we're not in dominion over everything. We're out of control of creation. We can't control what's happening. Uh, but the promise is this, that Jesus has defeated uh, the, the, the enemy of death, that everything is under his feet and so it says this in Hebrews 2, in putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honour because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. 
And so the great news is, folks, that ultimately humans under God and God himself will have dominion over creation. We will, as his creation, as his new people, his pe the people of God, we will have resurrected bodies and we will. He will reign. He will rule over everything. Jesus is the first fruits of that. Jesus has begun that work and he will carry it through to completion. So there's actually a lot in this tiny little psalm, and it ends again with that statement, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. As we go through this day, may I encourage you to be that moon that reflects the radiance of God's glorious presence shining out into our lives, shining onto us, that we can then reflect him to those around him, that we can be those redeemed human beings who do truly reflect the glory of God to those around us and declare his praises so that his enemies may be silenced. May we pray. Lord, we thank you for this privilege we have as your people and as human beings to reflect your glory. We ask you that you'd help us to do that today and throughout this week, that you would be glorified through us, that we would honour all human beings, but Lord, that we, above all, we'd honour and glorify you and reflect you to those around you and us. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. It's actually a short psalm, but a chunky one. Lots of doctrine in there and hence uh, a little bit longer, but uh, I hope that's been okay, and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye.